Hello, this is Monica Reinagel, the Nutrition Diva. As the year draws to a close, I've been thinking about some of the themes that seem to define this year's conversation about nutrition. One recurrent theme was the one where big food totally misses the point. In an effort to respond to consumer desire for more wholesome, less processed foods, several huge manufacturers launched new product lines with mostly disastrous results. You know, soda sales have been down for the last couple of years, and so Coca-Cola decided to go into the milk business with a product called Fairlife, which is a highly processed version of milk that's higher in protein and lower in lactose. Although protein continues to be a buzzword and sugar continues to be a buzzkill, Coca-Cola seemed to miss the fact that consumers are also looking for foods that are closer to nature, not foods that are taken apart and reassembled on a production line. At least though Coca-Cola recognized that consumers are interested in reducing their sugar intake, and that's a point that General Mills seems to have completely missed. In an effort to appeal to health-conscious parents, they've announced that they're moving to all-natural colorants for cereals like Trix and Lucky Charms, but they haven't said anything about reducing the scandalous amount of added sugars in these cereals. And then they further embarrassed themselves with a new high-protein version of Cheerios that had only a fraction more protein, but 17 times as much sugar as the original brand. If you're a cereal eater, you might want to check out my article on the healthiest options for cereal lovers, and I have a link to that in today's show notes. Meanwhile, the small company that manufactures Kind Bars and Snacks, these are products made mostly of nuts, seeds, fruits, and whole grains, were called on the carpet for portraying their products as healthy. Now, the company is now spearheading an initiative to change the ridiculous labeling regulations, which consider nuts to be too high in fat to be called healthy. If there is a silver lining to all of this, it's that consumers really do drive corporate decision-making. By continuing to vote with our dollars, we can actually push companies to produce more of the kind of food we want and less of what we don't want. The role of meat in a healthy diet was also a defining theme of 2015. Earlier this year, the World Health Organization declared processed meat to be a carcinogen and red meat to be a probable carcinogen, igniting a predictable and well-worn debate. Those who believe that eating meat promotes disease heralded the declaration as scientific validation. And those who believe meat to be an essential part of the natural human diet pointed out the limitations of the analysis and the conclusions. And some of us just tried to clarify the science— But I doubt very much that any hardliners on either side of this debate changed their position. Although the question over whether meat is or is not healthy for humans hasn't been resolved to everyone's satisfaction, its role in our diet may ultimately be decided on other grounds. Valid concerns over environmental impact, animal welfare, and sustainability are causing many people to cut back on their meat consumption. The number of full-time vegetarians and vegans in the U.S. hasn't shifted very dramatically since the 70s. However, the number of non-vegetarians who choose meatless meals a significant portion of the time has grown by leaps and bounds, accounting for up to a third of those surveyed. 
As someone who chooses vegetarian meals about 80 to 90% of the time, I'm delighted to see that the options, both in the grocery stores and on restaurant menus, are growing also by leaps and bounds. And finally, I'm sure you noticed that 2015 was all about the bugs. So much of the conversation about nutrition this year was about the bugs that live in our guts. We've known for a long time that the human intestine is host to millions of microbes and that these bacteria play a role in digestion and immune function. More recently, however, we've come to realize that we seriously underestimated just how influential these little critters are. It turns out that the bugs in our guts do a lot more than break down fiber from foods, manufacture vitamins, and provide some protection against pathogenic bacteria. They also appear to influence everything from our mood to our body weight to our susceptibility to various diseases. And just about everything we thought we knew about human nutrition now needs to be re-evaluated through this new lens. The recent findings on artificial sweeteners and weight gain, which I wrote about in episode number 303, are a perfect example of this. So in addition to studying how various foods and nutrients affect our biochemistry, we now need to figure out how all those various foods and nutrients affect our gut populations. That's going to be enough to keep both nutrition scientists and microbiologists busy, probably for the rest of the century. In the meantime, if you're interested in learning more about this brave new world within, there's a great little book that I can recommend called Follow Your Gut by Rob Knight. You'll also find a few books out there that are already offering dietary prescriptions for optimizing your microbiome. But I consider these mostly speculative. We've still got some work to do to figure out how to reliably manipulate our gut bacteria through diet. In the meantime, your best bet is probably just to incorporate a wide variety of fermented and cultured foods into your diet, and you have so many to choose from. And you also want to make sure that you're getting plenty of fiber also from a variety of sources, because that is the bacteria's primary food source. And there's a lot more info on fermented and cultured foods, as well as all the different kinds of fiber on our website. Just go to nutritiondiva.quickanddirtytips.com and you can use the handy search box there. Or if you navigate to the transcript for today's show, which is number 363, you'll find links that'll take you right there. Now, there was another type of bugs that got a lot of play this year, and that was insects, which believe it or not, are the hot new protein source, popping up in everything from energy bars to muffin mixes. Now, back in 2013, I wrote an article in which I said, in the not-too-distant future, nutrition-conscious consumers might be paying extra for flour fortified with protein-rich mealworms. And my prediction has come true. You can now buy crackers, energy bars, granola, and all kinds of other foods pumped up with cricket protein. You can even buy high protein insect flour so you can make your own. So if you can get past the gross out factor, this really does make a lot of sense. It turns out that insects are quite nutritious. They're also humanely raised and harvested, and they require very little water, fuel, land, or other resources to produce. So for those who are concerned about sustainability, environmental impact, and animal welfare, insects may be the ultimate solution. You can read more about this fascinating development in food science in my article, Are Bugs the New Beef? And I've got a link to that in the show notes, which are at nutritiondiva.quickanddirtytips.com. 
So was there a story or a study or maybe even a a product that changed your approach to food or nutrition this year? What aspect of your diet or of the larger food system are you most concerned about right now? What could you use help with in the coming year? Please come post your thoughts either on our website or on the Nutrition Diva Facebook page. And now, Happy New Year from all of us at Quick and Dirty Tips.